Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy weather Gonna kick old trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble and drunk. Beat out old Here we go. Radical Australia Community Radio 3CR streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Dale Bridges here to do all the technical bits and pieces which puts idiots like me to air. I'm here. I'm Joe Toscano. And we have a guest who we will not name. <laughs> Now, Dale, I've got two complaints to make. Oh, yeah? First of all, I was woman-handled just before. Oh, I wouldn't complain about that if I were you. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, well, I can understand yeah, how you feel. There's some woman out there looking for a black T-shirt. She thought I was sitting on it. And then I was assaulted by their dog, Queenie. Oh. <laughs> she licked my hand. Mm-hmm. It's just disgusting. Oh, it's a bit sweet. Yeah, it was sweet. They thought they was going to bark at me and lunge at me. Didn't, they didn't realise we just brother and sister, me and Queenie. I'm a dog. She's a dog. Kerry Crossley, how art thou? Hello there, Jay Toscano. It's very nice of you. People don't actually usually acknowledge who I am, but so I'm, I'm really pleased at Kerry. How could I forget? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you won't forget after the hour, Kerry. <laughs> you I will. might want to. You may want to. I can refer you to a... Good psychiatrist. <laughs> That's handy. If you need it. Bit yeah. of inside your got a, I haven't had anybody cry for a few months now, so maybe you could be the one we'll get to cry. Unless I can make you cry. <laughs> that would be the ultimate, <laughs> would it not? I've been a doctor for 43 years. I've seen it all. <laughs> I've been a radical activist for 50 years. I've lost almost every campaign I've been involved in. Why would I cry <laughs> now? Now, now, I understand you and the last week's guest have something in common apart from your elderly status. Yes, and What's the fact that? that we're a guest on your show. We were both born in Yorkshire in England, uh. which is um, a county, and it, I reckon it would have been 20, 25 miles away from where I was born. Well, that mm. is freaky. Of all the gin joints, you know what I'm th- no, saying? No, 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 no. It's like ridiculous. You know, Kerry, obviously I'm not going to have much trouble interviewing you. The trouble will be actually containing you. Now, we only ask two questions, and I'm sure you know the questions, because most guests do these days. And just to orientate listeners, nothing personal, what year were you born? 1960. You're kidding. No. 1960. Yes. You're kidding. No. Why? (laughs) You're nine years younger than I am. Yeah, it's nearly a decade. (laughs) (laughs) That's extraordinary. So, what's the first thing you remember? Well, I've got really good memories from really, really early on. Well, Absolutely. You've never been born, do you? At, at, no, no, but I remember waking up in the um, pram and um, laughing and them saying, oh, she always wakes up happy. 
Like I was a little, you know, really little bitty thing, and yeah. I remember my first Christmas because, well, second, sorry, second, I was just short of being two years old, yeah. and um, I walked down the steps, and I knew he was coming down the stairs, and there was a Wendy house set up for me. A what? Yeah, well, it What's was Peter Wendy? Pan sort of time, right? Oh, now, right, right. Wendy house was a little tent yeah, yeah. that looked like. Wendy's house, oh, right, okay. and in and I've crept down and inside. There excuse was, me, excuse me. Yeah. Are the parents still asleep? They're still asleep. I've, and and you got any brothers and sisters? No, I'm the only child, and it's really early. And me mum and dad have had a great time the night before. You mean I've they've cre- they've uh, <laughs> partook of a bit of alcohol because it's Christmas and they're off. Yeah. Okay, I understand. And I crept down the stairs and I peeked in the tent and it's full of fancy stuff. Right. Well, all I've done is yelled out. Hang on, I don't want to make Just everybody Just y- yell out, yell out. He's been! <laughs> and that became our cat's fright for the rest of his life. He's been! He's been! He's been and he's left and he's left me behind. Is he's, that the catch cry? No, he's just been and done what he was supposed to do <laughs> well, and left. he's now on his he's next off. delivery. Well, did the parents, although they could have been a bit inebriated, did they leave the half? Eating oh, carrot. Hey, we I, we still write to Father Christmas at our place, and he writes back, and he is one cheeky one. I tell you. Excuse me, you're nearly sixty, and you still write to Father Christmas. Correct, and your things he writes back are oh, really. Oh yeah, you get yeah. all sorts of what? details on the gastric like conditions of the reindeer and really all sorts. Yeah, <laughs> it's magic. I think, look, I've had some unusual guests on this program, but uh, Kerry, you could take the cake. Oh, no. All right. Okay. So you and Santa are one. Okay. We understand. Bliss, Nirvana, whatever. Okay. Yorkshire. Yes. Did you, any other little kiddies grace the family? No, I'm an only child. I was really? The, yeah. I understand why now. Well, my mum and dad reckon they worked out what caused it, you know, and, and so... Um, I reckon you caused it. <laughs> my dad was one of nine and my mum was one of eleven, and so... Had enough, yeah. They, re- they just, yeah, they'd had, yeah. they reckon that... That's it. There was more than enough yeah, with they, one. Yeah, they understood. They found out about contraception. That's right. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> You put it between your knees, I hear. Really? And hold it tight, and that way really? nothing happens ever. Well, you're right. If you hold it tight, nothing actually And there's happens. actually no side effects either, which is handy. Well, yeah, you get sore knees and arthritis. Oh, that's right. Cla- you know. yeah. Yes, you could, and and yeah. then sometimes you can actually pinch the pop- popliteal nerve <laughs> oh, no. and actually get a temporary paralysis of the leg. Is, it, there, no, is there always danger in everything? <laughs> there is danger in everything, Kerry. <laughs> like there is danger in talking to you. <laughs> I mean, this is going to go on for an hour, Kerry. I'm a bit concerned. Now, did you go to primary school? I did, yes. Where? I, well, I started school in England. I came over here when hang, I was hang six. On. I'm not interested. We went to England. I'm interested in England. Let's go back. Yeah, but that's primary. Where you, yeah, but where did you start? Where did you start? Where did you go? Um, so th- then, when we first came here, we moved. No, 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 no. When you were six, you said you went to primary school in, in England. England. Yeah, yes, where, in where, Yorkshire, where? and I was a coal miner. I'm proud to be a coal miner's daughter. Right. Okay. Yeah, so we're just right. little mucky ass coal miners, really. When all said and done, that's what yeah. we call ourselves. Right. So you're allowed. And um, then came to Australia um, on the assisted hang passage. On, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I want to go back to the school. You seem not to be want to dwell on it. Well, I thought you wanted. <laughs>
at the Aussie school, so I no, was being queer. I mean, I know about the Aussie school. Aussie school, that'd be boring. Okay. The Yorkshire school. That's what right. What did you think of your first uh, few days at school? I loved it, but I couldn't believe not everybody could like spell their name. I, I was already doing all that stuff, and I was really, really shocked that everybody couldn't spell their own name. That was my memory of day one. So you went, you were, you went to school and you could spell your own name. Oh yes. I couldn't even speak a word of English. Yes, but you could speak Italian. I couldn't. So no. oh, fair <laughs> it's an equaliser, isn't it? <laughs> All right. So. Being a Yorkshire coal miner, your father, why, he didn't really think there was much of a future for him? No, he escaped, luckily, yeah, you know, because yeah. you either did or you died there, yeah, yeah. you know, choking on coal dust. So, yeah, uh, yeah we came out in 1966 uh, and um, we went to the Fisherman's Bend Hostel, which is right where the big, the bottom of the Balti Bridge is right now. Yeah, yeah, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. All right. How'd you come out here? We came out on uh, uh, the ship. It was one of the first ones that went through the, when the uh, um, so Suez Canal got open. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it you was... Do you remember much about the I, trip? Tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, I absolutely... You would have been six. It would have been I loved it. It was yeah. marvellous. I didn't see my mum and dad because <laughs> you, uh, they they thought it was great too. Because they didn't see you. <laughs> yeah. I can understand. I understand <laughs> the dilemma. I understand, Kerry. It was like, you know, you, you swam in the pools. There was a King Neptune ceremony. Right. Um, there, there was always something to do. I just couldn't wait to get up. The, the kids used to eat at kids' meals and then yeah. their, parent, their parents would have, a, um, you know, yeah. like a bit later. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was fabulous. I'd bolt, bolt home and tell them what we had. Actually, I did it when we were on the hostel. I came home and told them that we were having lion chops. Uh-huh. But they were loin chops. I just <laughs> thought they couldn't spell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look. <laughs> Do you remember any of the ports you stopped at? Yes, we stopped at um, Aden in yeah. Egypt. Yeah, were they fighting then? Um, no, it was... Re- I, I no, wasn't no, scared. Aden's, Aden's not in Egypt, you know that. A- Aden... Is in what? Yemen. Oh, OK, sorry, please. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is how you, This oh, is look, what we the... We like cr- to be correct. We, okay. we, we don't have, you know, uh, fake news on... <laughs> Hey, Radical but you know Australia. what? That's what definitely what they told us. That was in Egypt. <laughs> yeah, that's well, it right. Was, it was. It could have been. I think it was a British colony still then. Yeah, but I had Egyptian was. sandals. I remember. I loved yeah. them to bits. We yeah. bought them there, and um, I don't know exactly where we were, but there were places where the um, little boys had come swimming out to the boat, and you'd yeah. throw coins, and they dive, and. Yeah. Um, Whereas, oh, we Greece, we we stopped in Greece. We got oh, we got ripped off in Greece, actually. Well, we had to go unusual. to the police. <laughs> that's yeah. not unusual. What happens? It was something to do with photos. All oh, right. Yeah. 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 Right. So, yeah. Okay. So, finally got to where Fremantle. Uh, yes, we went we went to Perth first, and then came across to um, Victoria. So you you had a great time. As a ten-pound pom, correct. It was. Courtesy of the Australian taxpayer. Well, well, these days we wouldn't tolerate that type of thing. You know that. That's correct. But we've paid well and truly for, <laughs> for it, it since. since. <laughs> I mean, it must have been like a, a holiday to your parents. Hey, it was true. Yeah. I mean, like I'm sure my mum and dad would have said we met loads of fabulous Aussies that had been travelling around Australia, right. and um, you know, like there was a farmers from Longreach, and I went and worked for them. Later Years on. later, you yeah. know, yeah. Oh, well, that's good. So, you, where did you end up in Australia? We ended. We came to Victoria, came to Melbourne, went to Fisherman's Bend Hostel, and the first place we moved was to Ferntree Gully because it reminded me, Dad, of the um, hills of Yorkshire. Oh, 
So he felt like it, fe- it felt like home. It, uh, uh, there well, used to be, I had my horse in the paddock across the road. Well, excuse was, me, excuse me. I, 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 look, I'm sorry to laugh, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I do go to Fern Tree Gully and I have been to Yorkshire. Did your father have eyesight problems? Hey, this is 67, remember, Joe? It was, you know, when, when the, bu- yeah. the, the fires, me dad's, yeah, me yeah. dad's truck got burnt in those fires. Did it? Yeah. Um, Cause what, what was your dad doing? Well, he was a, um, like, oh, he didn't have a trade, you no, know, like, no. okay. So, um, he'd, uh, when he came here, he was driving trucks and he mm. started it, he got a, a couple of trucks, yep. just, like earth moving vehicles and yeah. then he became a driving instructor right. so he did a lot of driving jobs yeah how about your mum me mum well she's um she was a cobbler's daughter uh-huh and cobbler's she daughter, she yeah. got, actually got a, a grant to go to um the grammar school which was a big deal back then well, and, in england yes yeah, yeah. and um anyway she became a, a private secretary which i don't yeah. even think is politically correct anymore of course it is personal assistant she, yeah, right, so yeah. she used to do shorthand typing and she mm, worked for, mm. you know, some pretty highfalutin people, people along the way. Mm. So you were living all out of, not the burbs, but the country, Fern Tree Gully? Well, we did for only a few years, then we shifted out to Pakenham. What happened to... What happened about, what's this horse business? Well, I, I was horse, I learned to ride when I was two. That's another one of my memories. I remember, you know, getting to the end and saying, how do you make them turn around? <laughs> and um, yeah. I go, the girl across the road had a couple of horses. Yeah. So I got horse into my blood and then um, I, I had a horse. And uh, so we moved out to Packy so that we could mm. have um, some, mm. you know, acreage. Mm. And it had, back then, it was like a party line, you know, the switchboards you had to ring up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was horse poo in the main street. I mean, it, we had three red, red rattlers a day go down into Melbourne. It was dead different to now. It's but, like Carlton now. Yeah, it's worse. It's, it's really it's like ritzy, Northcote. trendy, groovy yeah, yeah, yeah. place. So Bloody highways. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, that's not like what it was back then. All right, so how long did you stay in Packingham for? Well, <laughs> we were in Packy from Form 1, or oh, what's that now, Grade 7, Year yeah, 7, yeah. Um, until Form 5, which would be... Well, well you're about yeah. 16 then. No, let's, and let's then go. went to Long Worry, okay. but right. I still went to Packy High. All right, let's go back a, a few steps. Okay. What was primary school like in Australia? Did you fit in quite easily? Oh, uh, yes. I act, Look, do you know, I had this really cool thing. I actually thought... As a kid, I was coming to a country that was really exotic because for money, they didn't use pounds and shillings and pence. They used cents. Well, I thought that was as in perfume. (laughs) So I was thinking that was the currency. Perfume. A few little cultural things to iron out in this But the good thing about coming from Yorkshire is you could actually sing God Save the Queen at the parade in the morning. The other kids, we didn't know the words. That's right. But you would know them. Exactly. But mind you, I may as well have been Italian because the accent's so thick. Right. Yeah. You know, nobody knew what the hell you're talking about, you know. Yeah, I don't think much has changed, Kerry. <laughs> Well, I can't talk very Yorkshire, though. All right. Did you find that you had any, any talents in primary school? Well, um, I was real. I was really not bad with riding horses. Mm. My mum and dad sang in clubs, and I did a bit of singing. Singing, huh? Oh. Yeah, we've been in a couple of bands over the years. Right. Um, 
In fact, I thoroughly enjoyed that Louisiana stuff the last two ladies were doing. I, I was, yeah. yeah, that's right up my street. Right. Um, and, um, yeah, look, I, I was a hurdler. Oh, I got trained by... A hurdler. By a hurdler. And you know why I was dead good? Because apparently I led with the left. Uh-huh. And as you go around the corner in the left, you see, yeah, yeah. even though I'm not left-handed, but I, yeah. I did it. And uh, from memory, in, in uh, grade one, we had an ex-Olympic um, hurdler called Pam Ryan. Uh-huh. And she came to the school and... Trainers. Yeah. This was in Yorkshire. Right? No, this was yeah, in, this yeah. was in this Pam, was this was down at Fisherman's Bend at Grand oh, Street, Port oh, Melbourne. So if there'd been one of these uh, talent scouts, you would have been snapped up. Uh, I no. don't know. I don't know. Did you rank competitively for the school? Oh yeah, yeah. Right. I won. I got. I got. Still got. I still got me little blue. Ribbon. Um, ribbon. Mm. Yes. And, and just looking at your phone. And you used to get ribbons only if you want something, not That's right now. <laughs> well, yeah. But look, I shouldn't say this on air, but I was just looking at your fires when you mentioned you led with the left, and <laughs> your, your left fire is still bigger than your right. So it's quite, quite interesting. No, that's that's the way it goes. This is this is you know this, oh, this kid is this kid is listening. We've got to be careful. I'm real glad of that observation. Should, Thank you. Yeah, well, you said you led with the left, and I've, you know you can always tell an athlete who leads from the left. They got one five bigger than the but other. I do still lead from the left. Yeah, I, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Did you finish high school? Oh yeah, I did form C. I did HSC and went on to uni. Yeah. I, I, excuse. excuse I'm a bit concerned here. <laughs> We've got a ten-pound pom who should be working in some factory job somewhere. You come here, champion runner. No, oh. hang on. It has turned into champion runner from. Well, we tend to exaggerate. One of you know. hurdling race. Well, I've got to make you sound interesting, okay? <laughs> so, and you get you get to high school and you get HSC. What year is this? Former C, uh, you know, when yeah. you're seven, I was, I, I was 17. What year, what year, what year? 1977. All right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not many women went to university in those days. Well, I tell you what, at Packham, there were even less because <laughs> we started with 120 in Form 1. Yeah. And I think there were about 18. 18. That's yeah. what used to happen in the real world, you know. Yeah. So um, everyone went and did other stuff. So, yeah, I did um, sciences. I did Excuse me. biology, chemistry, my, uh, uh, physics. Why? Because I actually wanted to be a vet. Right. And um, when I... But along the way, we went back to England for a holiday when I was 16 and mm-hmm. I... Fell in love with having with the family, you know, like what uh, your family, yeah, the connection and that, which right, I right. didn't have here. Yeah. And so, as soon as I finished, I got a job and worked like hell and went back to England for a couple of years. And I studied over there and did A levels, right? Um, chemistry. Well, and you, you studied after you got your HSC. Yes. You went back and you studied yeah. there. Yes. Okay. And I was going to go to college. No, I went back. on my own. I so what, you were 16 and you went on your own for two years? 18. 18. 18. I yeah. packed myself up and nicked off. I went. My plane, hopefully. Uh, no. <laughs> no. No, you've got to. <laughs> of course a, not. <laughs> what, you travelled overland? No, what I did was I flew to Perth, then I got a, a, a ship from Perth to Singapore. Yeah. And then I flew from Singapore to London. Right. And then I got a train from London to Yorkshire. Uh-huh. I was right into, like, experiential stuff. Uh-huh. I don't, we don't want to go down that path. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is the late 70s. I was a young person then too. And we don't want Dale's ears to curl, okay? 
<laughs> don't want to give her any inspiration, you mean? <laughs> I don't think Dale needs inspiration between you and me. She's a she's a singer, powerful one. All right. Oh. And, and her bands. Well, I don't know if she's in it anymore, but no, she's no. That's that's folded. Like your bands, they've kind of folded. Oh, yeah. All right. Now let's go back. So. How long? You stayed in England, what, two years? I did, yes, and I worked in the advertising department. I can't believe I did that of a newspaper. Well, not a Murdoch paper. No, no. Well, it was a local one. Oh, right, it was probably right. like, you know, the equivalent oh, of okay. the leader sorts. Yeah, so you came back to Australia. Why? And I was going, because my dad had a heart attack. I was oh, booked right. to go on a kibbutz in Israel. Oh, right. I had no clue that the Middle East was not a place for a young girl to go you know, trip the light, fantastic. Yeah, you believe the propaganda. And yeah. me, well, me, well, I didn't. I yeah. didn't even know that it existed. I, right. You know, so I was just going because it sounded like a really good idea at the time. Yeah, yeah. And um, then, my, well, and my mum and dad were really good at not discouraging me, even though, I, in, like, in hindsight, I realised they'd have been absolutely panicking because right. there were bombs going off everywhere at the time. Right. Yeah. And. Um, so, yeah, I came back because my dad had a heart attack and then I applied uh, for uni and went to Melbourne Uni and did agricultural science. What, in 1980? In, I started it in 81 and finished 81. in 84. Agricultural science. Yeah, yeah. Why, I, not, why, why not veterinary? Well, I, I, you know, back then you really mm. did have to high, have high levels, which oh. I didn't have high enough. Yeah. And I was going to sort of consider going in the back door but I actually really loved the agricultural side of it because it was there was it wasn't so specific it was you know a bit more holistic Mm. and I'm a bit of a holistic sort just Mm. in terms of how Mm. I approach everything Mm. so it kind of fitted my my style or lack of (laughs) well we won't go down that path your lack of style I think is a talking point well, I reckon style stands for shop till you lose everything. Shop till you lose everything. Yeah, I think you're right. You're right. Style's crap. It is. It's Total a man-made crap. load of yeah. Yeah, garbage. You're quite right. Yes. What is style? That's it. You know the way you get attracted to something. I don't know. No, All right. Twenty-four. Point. You got what a degree in agricultural science. I was a bag risk. A what? Well, I still am a bag risk. A bag risk. <laughs> B. A-G-R-S-E. Yeah. Oh, you weren't a bad risk. You were I a, was a bad risk. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Not a bad it's risk. It's a degree. You weren't a bad risk. All right. So what does a 24-year-old woman in Melbourne town do after graduating from Melbourne University? Well, because you know how life is serendipitous in all sorts of ways when you start tracing it back. And yeah. um, a girl at school knew somebody else who lived in Upper Beaky and my... Um, uh, and she, she had a neighbour who was running a, a business and he needed someone with a little bit of technical know-how, so mm. I started working for him. He ended up, he was the guru of um, uh, swimming pool chemistry and um, <laughs> I went... So your first job? No, no, I've, my first job, I pumped petrol. I was a, a strapper in a racing stable. No, but I mean after you got your degree. After I got my degree, I... He was, he had actually done agricultural science. He was really smart and, yeah. and, um, he, he had specialty chemicals. And so I would be doing experimental work for him. Hydroponics as well, like yeah. very early days of all of that. Well, you, was, would, you would have been very popular in certain circles of hydroponics. Well, he only days. did tomatoes. Oh, he only did tomatoes. <laughs> so right. I was dead boring. <laughs> right. 
It was, I don't know if they cottoned on to it at that stage. We're just still trying to work out whether you should use a 50-50 scorier and perlite. Yeah. It was that kind of work we oh, were doing. All right, okay, all right. So how long did that last? Oh, well, I, that man... Hmm. Um, would, I mean, I, we lost him a few years ago, but I, I came back from England and yeah. actually worked for him, became r- like really scientific involved in it. Yeah. And um, then um, in uh, 1991, things were cr- t- difficult and research was diff- hard and he had to let me go. So yeah. I got the ask, but it was kind of good because I would have been there to this day because I did think the word of the man, you know. Right. And um, so I started a business that w- sort of works hand in hand with his and his children have taken over the business that, that he ran. I still work really closely with them now. So so your life really hasn't changed. Do you know what? I tell you, no, it's really freaky that. I've been like in the same place for, you know, 24 years. I've done the same job for 27 years. Would that be... I'm stable, see? I only sound like I'm not. <laughs> so, look, look, I'm, g- I'm going to pry here. What, ex- uh, excuse me, that's my job. You've done it again. You did it. You yeah, but that's my job. It. My job is to look at the clock. Your job is to answer the question. Well, questions. you did it very well. Exactly, because you looked at the clock too. What do you think is going to blow up I or something? I looked up after you did, you see. I didn't know what you were looking at. And then I saw it was a clock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, look. I don't want you to give away trade secrets. No. Because uh, Asia listens to this program. Okay. Because of the colour of the guests. So, what exactly does your company do for a living? Well, we are, I am a water quality analyst and so... Excuse me, could you say that slowly? Uh, yeah, look, just, I, I, I've got water pumping through my veins. I have no blood left. You're a water quality analyst. Yes. Okay. So, so I, I, a consultant, and really the the business um, bread and butter is through recreational waters. Right. So predominantly. Um, so when I go into the, a pool, a correct. public pool or a private pool, and piss in the pool, you can pick it up. Yeah, I, yes, we can tell that you have been pissing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I've always wanted to ask uh, yeah. a water quality analyst this question: What percentage of the water in a pool? Average, what percentage would be urine? Ah, oh, minute fraction. Minute. Yes, fair, absolutely. Minute. Yeah. The dilution rate is phenomenal. Right. I mean, like, you know, the likes of big pools that are millions of litres. Right, right. So you can work that out. Now, also, it doesn't stay in the form of urine straight uh, um, uh, for very long. What happens? There are chemicals in there that react. Hey, do you want to know a little secret? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. The smell of chlorine, yep. for which pools are famous, yep. okay, that is indicative that it is it being inadequately chlorinated. Really? And the burning feeling you get is not because there's not a, too there's too much chlorine; it's because there's not enough. And little, just explain. The chlorine that's put in is free to kill germs. And right. when it reacts with the nitrogen-based compounds, mm. it forms combined chlorine, mm. and that's mm. what stinks, mm. and that's what stings your eyes. Right. So smelly pools that sting your eyes. Not good. Mm-mm. Walk away. It, it, sometimes a really good air handling system can cover a multitude of sins. All right. Okay. All right. Well, this is quite exciting. It's 4.30. This is Radical Australia on Community Radio 3CR. Streaming live on 3cr.org.au. I am chatting, not interviewing with Kerry Crosley. Water 
analyst supreme, extraordinaire, and uh, she does things that keep people like me and Dale, who never go to pools, safe. We do. So, all right. Now, some people, people just turn up at a pool and they think, oh, great, let's jump in and have a good time. So what, tell us what you do to ensure that people don't get um, infections and uh, get sick. Okay, well, there are, there are health regulations that apply. Really? Yes. All right, okay. Okay, so, um, and, um, you know, policing them and all that, yeah, that's yeah. another story. But there are, and the very best people mm-hmm. get us to come out and confirm that they are compliant. Right. So we look for microbial quality and also chemical all right, we'll, indicators. All right, we're going to ask questions because you're not talking to a scientific audience. You're talking to idiots like me. Yeah. Uh, I don't put Dale in that category because she is scientifically uh, trained. She's skinned and killed rabbits, so she knows about <laughs> physiology. But getting back... Hey, but do you know how to knacker a sheep? You just... <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know if you can pick that up on the radio. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You know, actually biting the sheep in the neck, I don't think it's... It's, uh, it's not got... their neck, you're biting. I know. Got... Okay. All right, we've got the kiddies listening. Okay. okay. All right, so you're looking for micro. What's a micro? Micro um, germs. So so the germs that that give people infection. What, like what? Um, the, in particular, we have three indicators. Right. We have a total plate count, which is a general indicator of microbial quality. Mm-hmm. So if the sanitizer is acting effectively, mm. that will be a low level. Right. Um, if, and then a, a germ that is most commonly associated with outbreaks of disease in pools is called Pseudomonas, aeruginosa. Yep. Mm-hmm. That germ is selectively um, uh, looked out it's for. It's a beautiful colour, isn't it, Pseudomonas? I love it. Oh, well, we don't get too many in our pools. Don't you? Oh, right. <laughs> I, get a lot in, I, get a yeah, lot, I get a lot in my patient's urine. Yes, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> beautiful. Yes, chlorine people, makes short, sharp people, work. People don't really understand how... How wonderful microbes are under the microscope. They're just extraordinary, aren't they? They're amazing. Yeah, yeah they are. Uh, it is, I love the cause and effect. I right. think that's what kind of drew me mm. in a bit. So, mm. and our third germ is coliforms, which is a gut organism. It's alright while well, it's in your gut, but if it's out of your gut and someone else eats it, not a nice place to go. Right, so how often would you go to a pool? Well, I go usually quarterly. Quarterly, right. There are certain places, like hydrotherapy pools, that I will go monthly. Yep, because of the heat. Yeah, well, it's their Australian standard for hydrotherapy pools requires that it be tested monthly. Right. Um, So some people follow the rules, and Mm. they're the ones that we usually look after. Right, and the ones that don't follow the rules don't ring you. That's correct, because who wants me to be saying... You know, you're just not doing it right every time. And you need to spend some money to get it right. Well, actually, running it badly costs more than running it right. What do you mean? Well, chase like putting out bushfires and, you know, mm. coming from the behind the eight ball, it's proactive maintenance strategies right. actually make the water better mm. and it costs less to run. So mm. it is a little bit of, you know, uh, false economics to think that, you don't have to do anything and it'll work mm. out cheaper. It actually mm. works out better if you do a little mm. bit. And are you able to survive economically? Because you're not a huge corporation. Well, we've been going for 27 years, so right. I'm still doing it. And no, we're not. And I did have all of those dreams of being a multinational global 
entity. <laughs> and uh, it sucked. It sucked. <laughs> it didn't work out. You know what? I was as busy as a cat trying to bury me pooing concrete, and yeah. I was not doing what I liked anymore. Right. I was doing a whole lot of stuff that I hated. Yep. And... Um, it, it the the quality of the well, the passion you know like yeah. it's my passion and yeah. it was being diluted a little bit and that's a good joke water diluted I'm very impressed Karen. I've got stacks of them I know <laughs> like poo in, burying poo in concrete I like that one too I don't usually say <laughs> poo <laughs> yeah. alright so what you kind of uh, just stuck to the essential elements of the business and forgot about growing. Yes, I did. I um, Well, I actually grew until I was nearly broke. Right, right. <laughs> and then it's like trying to turn a barge around. Right. So after about 10 years, I kind of like, you know, started to turn it around. And now, um, yeah, we're... Look, I'd, my expectations aren't aren't great. I'm a real low-maintenance sort of a person too. Mm, so I don't... Mm. I'm not... I don't want to... I don't need to be Things, paid, yeah. bu- you yeah. know, bucket loads. Yeah. I can live on the smell of an oily rag, and yeah, um, yeah. the pursuit of the dollar is absolutely not my thing. It's very unbusinesslike. Right, it I'm is the most unbusinesslike business person. Well, to that's be why you're here. To be honest, if you're a corporate giant, you wouldn't be here, Kerry. I'm sorry. Yeah, fair I mean, enough. We only have losers on this program. <laughs> yeah, I fit the bill perfectly. <laughs> One loser talking to another, because I'm in small business and, you know, yes. I could have been a corporation. Exactly. You, just, you, get, you get to a stage where you, you realise that it's not the goal. The goal is to provide a service and the goal is to do your, you know, do something positive in the community. Because obviously your work is exceptionally important. Yeah, well, it's look. I per, for personal things. Um, to me, you can pursue the spirit, which is like about peace and joy and happiness, whatever you want to call it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. or you can pursue the dollar. And I do believe it's like two donkeys held uh, tied together. You can't. If you go towards one, you get pulled away from the other. Yeah. Do you know? Um, yep. you have to have a balance because the world's made it so. We're in All a right. democratic system, aren't we? Where you've got to pay for everything, so there's certain requirements you've got to do after that. I do a lot of stuff because I'm. So I want you do to. pursue the spirit. You're not just a money grubbing water analyst. If I, I, I would be even more like of a failure if that was what my intention was. <laughs> right, in the first place. <laughs> If you could just, you would have been put out of business. If you're a dog, we would have shot you. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Going. So, so, how do you pursue the spirit part of your life? Oh gosh. Well, I I spent ten years travelling around the world looking for ways I could help with water. And you um, spent ten years travelling around the world. Yes. While where, I was where? working, I mean, I would just yeah. I would just go places. Like where? Give went us some to, exotic places. Uh, Swaziland. Right, you went to Swaziland. Yeah, I was going to start out with my, my business, Swaziland. Right, okay, this is the <laughs> I thought it sounded so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, went to uh, places in Asia, yeah. went down the south of America. Right. Um, right. And um, everywhere I went, it really was, I, I was able to identify if I was, you know, yeah. It was all about um, stimulating the economy. Right. It really helping people happened. If it happened, it was accidental. Right. And um, I came across for a very because I, I haven't told you yet. That yeah. I have a, 
cyberspace um, conscientious objection to it. I don't yeah. use it at all. I don't right. use a mobile or an email or a website. There's right. none of that. So yeah. even to this day, we rely on word of mouth and reputation. Right. Right. And um, for a very brief time, I used the internet. And everywhere, every single angle I went to, it got to the point where it said, press here to donate now. Oh, right. <laughs> And that was it. It was just a complete dead so end. So when you went overseas to all these exotic places, were you invited or you just turned up? No, I went, just took my little self off because I oh. felt like I've, I was going to be able to do something really significant mm. without it costing anything. Mm. Trouble is, nobody's interested unless it, it's yeah. going to cost stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I tried to get, like, some local people together. There was an AIDS nurse over in Swaziland who... Mm. Um, had a care and heart. I tried mm. to work with with her, but it's real hard, you know. Like yeah, the yeah. system is designed to make you slap yeah. you down like a dunny seat, which it did. Right. Okay. So, and so, what other areas have you explored? Um, <clears throat> well, then, after about um, t- ten years, and I was really frustrated. Mm. Now, but in the meantime, my mum had been working with a, a man. With a van. A man with a van. Yes. He wasn't a removalist, was he? No, he wasn't. Oh, well, he was trying to remove pain and suffering, that's yeah, right. Well, you see, your mum was working with a man in a van who was trying to remove pain and suffering. Yeah, and okay. that is somebody you've also um, interviewed. Yeah, yeah, criminal. <laughs> yeah, he spent time in Pentridge, I remember that's that bloke. The yeah. yeah, the Reverend, the Reverend Bob. It's got a lot working with Jesus, I'm going to tell you. I, he's a marvellous, wonderful, awesome man. And um, my mum worked um, with him down at St Kilda for about, a, uh, I think, about yeah, 15 yeah, years. Pastor Bill. Yeah, Pastor Bill. He used yeah. to do that, but they kicked him out when all the, you know, ge- when it got gentrified. Right. So, so when did you meet Pastor Bill? We met him actually the week before my dad died. My mum went to his local church, and he was the first person that spoke to her. And right. me dad was cook. I mean, me, they just moved there, and so. What 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 year was this? Um, ninety five. Ninety five. Yes. Okay, so well, they just moved to St Kilda. Haven't no, they? no. No. Where they moved to? Me. They had just moved to Mordialli. All oh, right. Yep. Um, because me dad was cook. Yep. Um, look, it was just going to be Easter, and me mum yep. went down to the local church just yep. to meet them all. Right. And Bill was the first person who talked to her. Right. Anyway, a week later, my dad died, and those people were really helpful. Like, they did what churches are supposed to, you know, because yeah. we really were just off the street kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they were really lovely, and uh, anyway, my mum got to know Bill, and then she worked, volunteered with him down at St Kilda for about 15 years where they would take soup and salad rolls and stuff out. Mm-hmm. And uh, m- my mum's 83 now. She, it's the, the old fellas used to rock up with a stubby full of flowers that they'd got and bring them to her. Oh, right. <laughs> she say, where'd you get the flowers? They go, pinched them. We thought that was adorable. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So what, after about 15 years? It's yeah, she of- stopped. And then, well, I'd been hunt, like, beat me out against a brick wall trying to work out ways to make a difference somehow. And right. I kind of just thought, well, water makes sense because that's what I do. Yeah. Um, but I just came... You know, I really couldn't seem to f- break through. Mm. And so I was trying to think, what the heck can I do? I mm. just want to do something. And then mm. lo and behold, I did not have to go to Swaziland at all. 
I just had to go to the point. <laughs> the point in Frankston. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where I was, the, and, and, and Hastings. Right. Okay, there's some, you know, dreadful suffering by some extraordinary human beings. And um, so I went, oh, we would deliver food and, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but look, just to clarify, thing. now Pastor Bill, or, yeah. know, I've met him and I've known him for a number of years, He's not your normal pastor, is he? No, no, no. He, he's not, you know, you know, say your Hail Marys and salute Jesus and then we feed you. No, 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 no. no. So could you, you explain what, how you two work together? Because people, maybe a lot of listeners to this program think religion, giving people things, they kind of start feeling queasy. Oh, really? Yeah, I've got a reputation to maintain here on Radical Australia. I mean, my guess. Uh, could, you, could you explain exactly what you two do? Hey, look, it's really amusing. For example, the other week when we came down to have dinner with you on the Wednesday night, yeah. somebody cut me off. <laughs> now, that was amusing. I just said, I reached over, I said to Bill, sorry, Bill, but you'd hate to be with me when I'm on my own. <laughs> All right. It's, look, he's so lovely and gentle and nice and doesn't, you know... Doesn't have a fat, foul he's laugh, not, he's mouth at all. He's, right? not, he's not the type of pastor that goes, ah, you know, he's not religious, is he, really? He is the, a, a really kind man. Nobody would know. No. Okay, that, there yeah. you go. He, do, yeah. he does it without you don't, you don't, doing you, any... You, you, you yeah. don't, you're not there pushing uh, some religious line. Uh, no, our the people we go to usually have stuff on the door that say Bible bashes Nick off. Yeah, I <laughs> so we don't do that. Right. It's very um, coal face stuff. Yeah. So what type of things are you? How many years you've been working with Bill? About five. Five. Mm-hmm. And so this this has really opened your eyes, has it? This type of work. Oh, absolutely. It's it it it's really like I get to know what's really going on, and I find out what the impacts are of these sneaky little changes that governments make, you know, where you actually see those people at the coalface getting really well and truly shafted. It, mm. And it's good people. Like, everybody has a, an idea that it's, you know, lazy or... Drugs. Ad, adri- yeah. Oh, drug addicted. And it absolutely isn't. In fact, the people that we reach out to, I feel honoured to be... Invited into their midst, really. Hmm. Um, so, why do people find themselves in such difficult situations that they need your assistance and Bill's assistance? Joe, it starts. If there's, there are a thousand roads to Struggle Street. Yep. And um, you really can't make a judgment unless you actually. No, it's took, not about judgment. No, unless you took yourself right back to there. So, for example, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't want to give anybody secrets away. No, but no, no secrets. Sometimes no secrets, people yeah. are, for example, very little children when they watch their parents have their heads blown off. Yeah. Okay, yeah. for yeah. example. Yeah. Um, sometimes um, they will be very young when their parents give them a hot hit of heroin. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, there's a lot of misguided stuff out there. Mm. Um, sometimes it's like you're in a pit of quicksand, and the harder you try to get out, the more energy you put in, mm. the further down you sink. Mm. Mm. So, and I do think that really 
it, it could happen to anyone. And that's actually the thing that freaked me out was the system, regardless of how much, you know, faffing about's done on it, how many years it's built, it's so fragile. And those that of us, all of us working in, within it, it doesn't matter how hard you worked or how much you saved or what you went without, in the blink of an eye, it can be completely taken. Mm. Which is really why pursuing the dollar is a bit of a waste of time. It's mm. a lot harder to lose the bits, you know, that's, that, that spirit of just, hey, in, in Swaziland, they've got this gorgeous Zulu word. Mm. And, and I actually just went to see Nelson Mandela musical and, but they didn't use it. But it, it's one of his words. Ubuntu it is. I, I should, we don't even have a word for Ubuntu. it. Ubuntu. What is that? It's like the spirit that connects us all and, and th- that driving force. You're, and you're kidding. We're all one of, we're all part of one community. Well, I, I know. We're I, all part of the human race. This might come as a surprise. I'm but shocked. White you, people are mutants. We're, we're at, I, I'm a, we're, we're the mutants because everybody was dark in the first place oh. and then there was a mutation and out came a little white person. Oh. So there's a big chance that Jesus is a black, you know, he was black. Look, I, I'm just saying. I mean, oh. just, just. Look, Gary, look, I think <laughs> people are shocked there. Now, look, it's 4.47. This is Radical Australia on Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Poor old Dale's got her head in her hands. I'm interviewing Kerry Crossley, and we are learning a lot. So what type of things do you do? I know the Salvation Army gets $8 billion for dealing with welfare. How are you different? Your little team is different to the Salvation Army. Right. Well, it's mostly self-funded. So it's all self-funded. If somebody can't pay their rent... Right. We will pay it if their regos do. Look, we do what we can with what we've got, which is just, you know, right. it, 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 we can't go very far. No. It's got worse and worse. There's more and more intense need. Um, we try to... Bill's real good at actually discerning. He, you know, he doesn't go helping, like, there's the poor me, poor me, poor me another drink people. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Well, we don't have enough resources for that. Right. But within... The, the people we meet, the caliber are so extraordinary that, mm. um, we just sometimes, sometimes you can help by giving them a little bit of a, a, a playing field that isn't gonna, you know, move right. <laughs> for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Um, some, sometimes we, it's toys, it's, it's, um, for the kids, reading them books, I'll take them to the park so the mum could do something or, you know, we'll take them out on a family, Day at all. But again, this is all self-funded. All this, self-funded. This don't don't claim tax. Nothing. No, not all interested. S- all self-funded. That's right. And I understand that Bill does a bit of dumpster diving too. I reckon he puts his um his um undies on on the outside myself. Does he? Oh, right, okay. <laughs> and a cape. Yeah. <laughs> well, you need that if you're dumpster diving. <laughs> yes. You don't want your undies on the inside just in case you get things squishy, squishy things down there. All right. So. Now, you've moved in a different direction. That's the main reason I invited you on lately regarding housing, have you? You've got a, a plan. It's, well, yeah, I didn't know you were going to ask me about this, you know, you well, cheeky little well, thing, but, mm, okay. <laughs> well, you don't, just keep it general. Okay. Right? Keep it general. We're not going to steal the secrets, but just general. Because you, you've, obviously you've realised that security of housing is fundamental. Oh. 
to, to any type of uh, existence, you know, especially when you've got a lot of kids, you know, and you maybe a single parent and you're struggling on uh, social secu- inadequate social security payments. Yeah. So security of housing is fundamental, yeah. and as the, pri- the state government is privatising public housing and they're not making allowances, people, as you know, in the rental sector, private rental sector, are, are really facing it, difficult situation. So what type of idea have you got that you're starting to try to implement? Okay, so what I thought might be something we could do, mm. essentially, and when I mentioned it to you, it was mm. virtually a, um, a, a like a consortium of people. Mm. Um, the idea is that a lot of people have maybe got, you know, they got it, they got ten thousand dollars, or they've got twenty, or they got thirty. It's not enough to buy a house. It's not enough for a deposit. It's mm. not enough. But if a bunch of people get together, mm. there's enough to actually buy a single mum a house because single mums have got no hope in hell of getting a place. A secure um, accommodation. Yeah, especially, you know, like if, if, there is, if there's anything, look, you know, any kind of welfare payments involved, mm. um, if they've, even if they've got more than two kids, mm. it, they automatically get blacklisted mm. for having too many children. Mm. Um, and uh, mostly they make fabulous tenants. Mm. All they want to do is put a roof over the little baby's heads, you know. Mm. And um, so we've actually, we've got, like, we've done it for one place. So you've got a consortium together and you've actually uh, provided... A secure, low rental accommodation for a family. How many kids in the family? Six. Six. Yeah. yeah. It'd be impossible to find private accommodation with six to kids. To be frank, Joe, this whole experience has shown me what goes on in the background. You're very differently. It's different when you are an owner versus a tenant. Mm. You're automatically... People who have all of those co- contacts don't know what life is like without them. Mm. Mm. So I've, it's been an experience on the other side of the coin as to how much how much less crap you've got to do mm. when you're in a position. When you're not desperate, mm. someone will give you something. When you've got more than you need, you'll, you'll be given stuff. Mm. When you've got nothing, you'll have to pay twice as much to get it. That's, that's right, yeah, yeah. that's what works. happens. So mm. how does the ownership of the house work out? Is it on the amount of money people donate? Um, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's actually their ownership. So, you right, know, um, right, right. and, uh, then, and it's all brand spanking, like the lady only moved in a few weeks ago. It's really fresh and hot and, and mm. but, um, it, we're hoping that we can show people how mm. much a difference it makes. Again, this lady's really, really high caliber. She's doing a degree mm. at university, mm. a really hot, difficult one. Mm. Um, she, uh, she, she's a real, she's, she started really from behind the eight ball. Mm. Mm. She just don't give up. So you, you're providing, people like you and Bill, you're providing practical, real time assistance. It's and obviously, obviously, you can't deal with everybody, but That's but it. you've got to pick and choose, as they say. Yeah. But you're doing something, and how do you, how does that fit in with your uh, 
sharp business practices, Madam Crossley? Well, I do my business the same way, and that is... What do you mean you do your business? You should be bankrupt then. Yeah, no, I'm not bankrupt. I, I am just, I, I've got customers that come back because I me, care don't, about don't, them. Don't tell me you pay your staff award wages. No, I pay them way more than award. I really value them and I, I want them to be able to enjoy their lives too. The whole idea of my business is so that everybody can get something better. It's mm. meant to be like a, a place where we can all work together to get something good for all of us, not... Yeah, right. I, so, I, I haven't been to the school of Murdochology. Murdochology, you know, you're no. a graduate. So obviously, uh, you're a rich woman spiritually, but not yes. rich. Financially. I'm not rich financially, financially yeah. I, but but you could have been if you wanted to. This is it. this is the interesting thing about interviewing you, because you could have built a huge business empire and you could have been one of these people we're supposed to emulate and fawn over on television and the net you know the you know the rich richest 200 or whatever oh, yeah. but you you took a different direction do you think it's put an added um uh dimension to your life taking this different direction oh absolutely uh, it, i in fact i don't really know what would be the point mm. without this part right the part that you help people and the part you connect and, you know, just uh, work together, mm. break bread together. I don't know, it's just simple things in life, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I don't want to be complicated. And also the focus has changed as you get older and wiser and things like that. Um, but I, it would be pointless just doing business for the sake of business, that's for sure. Right, and you made that decision early on in your life, obviously. Yeah, because I, I, in my business, I'll sometimes get people who are renting a house, for example, yeah. and they've got a pool, mm. and it's a debacle. Mm. I don't even bother, I, I, gosh, I'll get inundated possibly, but mm. I just fix it for them. Mm. Mm. <laughs> don't worry about that. Oh, well, you won't get inundated because they don't know what your business is called, I, and we won't tell them on I nearly, purpose. I ne- oh, yeah, I you nearly told us. Yeah, yeah, I did. I'm just well, looking right. at the seven-second girl then. <laughs> are you? Are you? Uh, you got any plans? We've only got a few minutes left. You got any pa- plans for the future? Well, um, uh, yeah, survive. Uh, peace. I want peace. That's where I'm going. I aim for peace. Whatever right. I do, I want it to bring peace. Peace in your life and peace in other people's life. Yes, right. as much peace as. I could possibly be surrounded with. Right. I think that's really, really a great thing to aspire to. Mm. And it's so simple, but it's a lot easier said than done too, of course. Well, it is. I mean, the things you've been talking about are fundamental but simple. Yes. It's a different attitude and a different frame of mind. What was that word again? Ubuntu. Ubuntu. Yeah. Uh, you don't know how to spell it, do you? Yes, U-B-U-N-T-A. Ubuntu. Ubuntu. And you think it's a good philosophical basis for life? It is absolutely glorious, and we, we white fellas don't even have a word for it. Mm. Well, we don't. We Look, don't. All I can say, Madam Kerry Crossley, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And you, Joe. And the thing is, I don't believe Bill has a cape and his underpants outs. You are the one with the cape. Wonder Woman. That's right. You're Wonder Woman. You're a practical Wonder Woman. You've got a joy of life. You wake up in the morning and you actually 
and ready to eat it. <laughs> you put it on your plate, you get your fork and knife out and you guzzle it down your gut. And if we had more and more people like you in the world, I think it would be a better place. Oh, that's a lovely thing to say. Thank you, Joe. No, no, it's a comfort. I don't know what we'd do without you, though, because you are wonderful. When I found you, oh, I thought, hooray, I'm not going nuts. (laughs) And then when I actually told you that, you said, yeah, well, you might still be. (laughs) (laughs) So what year, just for the last minute, what last second, what year did you first start listening to the Anarchist World this week? It was just... about the same time as I started with Bill, about because five years yeah, ago, he said right? you got to listen to three CR because he could hear yeah, the pain in my voice. <laughs> He's a brilliant man. Well, yeah. thank you very much, thank and you. all the best for the future. And hopefully, you get to a hundred, and your mum gets to a hundred, and you can you both continue the good work. Thank you, Dale. Thank you, Dale. Bye.